7: A happy Friday to you. So glad that you are hanging out. More NFL Draft talk coming up in about 20 minutes or so. The NFL Draft now less than a week away, so we can say thank Thursday, the NFL draft will begin. Fox Sports Radio will have you covered. Jay Glazer, LeVar Arrington, Rick Spielman, Rob Stone will all be live in Las Vegas with the draft starting at 8 o'clock Eastern time. When the first round wraps on Thursday night, that's where Jason Smith and the aforementioned Mike Harmon take over, giving you the recap here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, you can hear Mike Harmon on the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon every weeknight at 10 o'clock Eastern time time here on Fox Sports Radio, but yeah, now we're under a week, less than a week to go to be looking at the 2022 mock drafts, and after that, we can wait for the schedule release, which should be pretty interesting, Mike, because now we're hearing some... Different things coming out of what the 2022 NFL schedule could look like. I mentioned yesterday that Seahawks general manager John Schneider made a bit of a joke that the team was practicing their German. So you're wondering if they are going to be the team that plays in Germany against the Buccaneers, that maybe the Seahawks have been given that heads up uh, ahead of time. Maybe the international games will be announced earlier. But again, the NFL schedule coming out May 12th. But there's a bit of other news when it comes to the NFL schedule, Mike, you tipped me off to this earlier today. We could see, uh, let's just say, one of the holidays getting a bit more NFL action than we're used to.
8: Yeah, I first have to make notice of the uh, Seahawks because drafts the last couple of years have been a little rough outside of a couple of guys, Dan. yes, uh, maybe, maybe they're learning German to try to gain a competitive advantage. Maybe it has nothing to do with going overseas for a game.
7: you know. There is an Austrian prospect that could be a possibility for them. So they <laughs> do need offensive looked. line help. So there, there could be the connection there.
8: So there you go. But the, on a podcast earlier this week, Sal Sports and stuff. You had the vice president of broadcasting, Mike North. Not Mike North, who used to work with us here at Fox Sports Radio <laughs> and Chicago radio legend, uh, Mike North, who's got a movie being made about his life, by the way, Dan. Oh, wow. Uh, which okay. is a whole other – I can't wait to awesome. see that one. Yeah, we'll have to show up at a premiere and uh, demand uh, ice-cold Budweiser's like Harry would have. Uh, but Mike North talking about what the NFL's trying to do, and he laid down this bomb, and he laid down the gauntlet. Christmas, when it falls on an NFL game day – we've had a lot of success there. All due respect to our friends at the NBA, you know, when we can play football on Christmas, it has proven to be something that our fans are are interested in. With all due respect, Dan, whenever you say that, that's like, you know, when you give someone a compliment, Hey, actually this tasted pretty good. (laughs) Actually, you did a pretty good job. You know, that is saying with all due respect, we're going to spike on you just like Gronkowski time and time again.
7: And the the NFL is traditionally, when Christmas Day is on a Sunday, which it is in 2022, plays a majority of their games on Christmas Eve. It is also why you will see New Year's Day – Uh, which is going to be January 1st. uh, (laughs) Newsflash, it is every year, Uh, but it also (laughs) is on a Sunday. And and the NFL never moved games from New Year's Day, so it's the bowl games that end up having to move their games. So the Rose Bowl ends up being January 2nd, and the bigger bowls are January 2nd because the NFL grabs New Year's Day. They don't move off of New Year's Day, but they've moved off of Christmas, and they'll play a, a majority of the schedule on Saturday of Christmas Eve. However, to the point that you're hearing there, we're hearing not one, not two, but three possible yeah. NFL games on Christmas Day. And you know they're not going to overlap each other. So you're going to have nine hours of NFL action to tune into when an NBA window is usually spread over 10 or 11 hours. A majority of the day, you will have the NFL going up against the NBA.
8: No, it's it's brilliant. As you go through the weekend, right, the there'll be a Saturday night standalone game. Right? Because you have to. Yep. Right. Yeah. You just have to. And then you go and you take over uh with with nine hours of programming. I mean it is Look, we watch it every year and and wonder what part of the calendar the NFL is going to claim for their own next. I've seen all the thought pieces about the draft and fairness of the draft and all of that. When you start getting into labor laws and and all of those things, that that's a whole other thing uh, that they could take to the Supreme Court to try to disallow it if they want. Uh, but in the interim, you know, you we we have draft talk and ninety seven iterations of mock drafts. I'm in the middle. I, I always do one every year, Dan. Last couple years, I've hit on nine guys. Last year, I was proud because I was able to spike on the uh, Jamar Chase pick. (laughs) Because I zagged. I was that guy.
7: Good for you. Good work. Everybody yeah. was doing uh, Penay Sewell, and you went with uh, Jamar Chase.
8: I just figured the Bengals weren't going to do the obvious because, well, that hasn't worked for them. So, Zag learned something in this new world order. That, or, or you could argue that at the time it was the wrong thing, which made it more Bengals. But that's a whole other thing. Look, because I'm still mad at them that they weren't mad when they lost the Super Bowl, Dan, when I was leaving SoFi Stadium and everybody seemed happy just to be there. Mm-hmm. That kind of bothered me still, but it's the the idea of taking over the calendar at, at every function, right? Every month we seemingly have something. Even July, when everybody says how dead it is, no, there's all the rumors of who's maybe there's a holdout. Everybody's holding their breath, you know, in those final weeks as guys are traveling the world, getting those last vacations in. What may or may not happen. Uh, who's coming into camp healthy? what's the the backstories of you know is front office getting along particularly if you've had changes at coach and the coaching staff or this year with all those star players moving around, who's stepping up? I mean there, there's no dead period in the NFL anymore. No, These guys don't it, go away.
7: Yeah and and you know we've talked and I'm sure you and I have had this conversation as well. there was a time where the NFL allowed the World Series to open up and not have a game opposite game one of the World Series when it would usually start on a Sunday night. That was the, that was the, uh, how they operated for years. Now, what would sometimes end up happening is the series would go seven games. You'd have conflict that next weekend, but the NFL used to be like, all right, Major League Baseball, this is your big show. We're going to lose some ratings because everybody's going to be watching the World Series and that's not the case anymore. And I just, I I just always go back, and one of the most shocking things was, and I've, I know I've told this story uh, a bunch on the network in my 17 years at Fox Sports Radio, but when I moved to Los Angeles from Wisconsin, I was surprised, almost shocked to see on how much this city loved the Lakers and Dodgers and how much the Lakers playing on Christmas Day were a fabric of so many people's Christmas Sure. And their holiday. And because where I came from, there were NBA games being played, Mike, but our family didn't have the TV on for NBA games. If there was a football game on, different story. Well, TV the blue gray game
8: on. to start your morning. Let's yeah. go.
7: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I I know I've told this story a bunch and but that was the case. Like the NBA didn't reach the places that I think people in L.A. thought it reached. But there's also the other side of the coin, and that's where I was coming from, that, you know what, it was a little bit more popular on that Christmas day than what people realized. Now when you're seeing, okay, when push comes to shove, what are you going to watch? you Are going to watch a week 16 game, um, or however however the schedule ends up shaping out, between what is likely going to be
8: three teams or six teams with three games that have playoff implications? Or just three games. Teams with expectations going in. Sure. And who knows? I mean, are those flexible? I don't know. But either way, they're, they're going to be teams that are, you know, I guarantee they'll be, be flexible. Uh, right. Attention grabbers, to wh- whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah.
7: You can flex anything now. I That's guarantee true. that they're going to say because they've even done that with some of the Saturday games. They haven't announced when it is. Um, but I, that would be the smart move because you d- you don't want to have a dog. You know, and I have, and it'll it'll still outrate the NBA, even if it's. Well, it you depends know.
8: which dog it is. If that dog happens to have a star on the side of the helmet, uh, <laughs> yeah. they may leave it there sure. so they can uh, you, you could know, put, yell at it.
7: <laughs> you could put Jags Lions on in the middle window on Christmas Day, and it will beat uh, Nets Warriors. No question. It, yeah, it would. There is no doubt it would beat you know Lakers Celtics Jaguars Lions would outdraw that, and the NFL knows that and. So, so they don't want to put Jaguars, Lions on Christmas Day. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to also make it, you know, fail safe where they're not going to mess this up. You're going to have a pretty good matchup with some, you know, decent star power playing in those. That games.
8: would be the ultimate blankie, right? We've been talking a lot about blank those picks for the last couple of months, right? When it comes to what the Rams have done and copycats. How about that? You just take six teams and just say, you know what? NBA, Major League Baseball, College. College football, look what we're doing. These teams have a combined four wins. Oh, they are our Christmas Day programming. And then watch what the ratings do. Still monster ratings because I, I of this. fantasy football playoffs and gambling. You know what I wish
7: the NFL would do? And then they moved off doing this years back and they they won't go back and do it. I wish they would start on Labor Day weekend. I, I Listen, I love the start of college football. I love it that Labor Day weekend, that Saturday but there is something missing on the Sunday, and I'm sorry, like a game between Texas and Notre Dame does not fill my yeah. football void that I just you know like I'm accustomed to seeing the NFL the day after college football. I don't love the Super Bowl being in mid-February. It's not going to move from there. It's going to stay there, and that's where I we get are. Later. Yeah, I I just I yeah rather than start you know start the season a little bit earlier and, and end up being on that holiday as opposed to. Um, you know, pushing it back. But if you're going to play on holidays, heck, play on Labor Day. You know, if people are on vacations anyway, they'll sit around and watch football that day. That's that's what I would do if I was the NFL.
8: Well, I mean, you could you could adopt Texas or Notre Dame if you want. I mean, it's it's become, uh, you know, common protocol to just adopt a school you have no affiliation to in, in any way, shape, or form, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what we're doing in 2022 yeah. it's he's like mike. wait you're standing for what What? Well, why no uh <laughs> but hey it's it is what it is
7: he's Mike carmen i'm dan buyer this is the doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio get mike on twitter at swollen dome you can find me on twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I mentioned the Jaguars and Lions. They sit with the top two picks in the NFL draft. What happens there and what happens after? We have that and so much more to talk about. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio.
9: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
4: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
2: And then you have China.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: It is a Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. You smell that, Mike Harmon? You smell it? You smell it? It's in the air? You smell that? It's uh little draft time. Yeah! Ah, yes. Less than a week away, as we told you, Thursday. Fox Sports Radio will have you covered with our special draft show starting at 8 o'clock Eastern time. That's when the first round gets underway, live from Las Vegas. Jay Glazer, LeVar Arrington, Rick Spielman, and Rob Stone will have you covered. To get you covered for the NFL Draft, yeah, don't worry. We, we, we've got you covered right now because joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio is Pro Football Focus's Director of Content and co-host of Tailgates. Austin Gale, the PFF has launched a four-episode podcast series with projected number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. The podcast is titled Hutch. It details Aiden's childhood, his awesome career at Michigan. You got interviews with Jim Harbaugh, Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler, Ian Rappaport, so much more. Be sure to listen to Hutch wherever you listen to podcasts and also check it out over on PFF's YouTube channel. Austin Gale joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Austin, how are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's get to the real business. Uh, in the mock simulator, how can I get the Steelers to give me three first round picks for the Seahawks number nine pick? Because it keeps telling me <laughs> this trade will not be accepted, and I'm sorry. It's just no. I'm kidding. Let's let's start at the top of the draft. Um, I have tried to get so many trades jammed through on that mock simulator and I just get this trade will not be accepted but that's my own problem for another time let's talk about the top of the draft you're doing a podcast series with Aiden Hutchinson he has been talked about as a possible pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars what do you think the odds are that Aiden Hutchinson ends up being that first overall pick on Thursday night Uh,
9: I think they're very high, right? You look at sports books right now, Aiden Hutchinson is the favorite to be the one overall pick. I think at minus 200, he's minus 175 in some spots, but it's a two horse race. I think we saw Trent Balky, the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars, come out today and said he's considering four names. I really think it's down to two it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan defensive end, or Trayvon Walker, the Georgia defensive end. I think the reason to bet or sprinkle some on Trayvon Walker at plus 175 is because. Bulky one, is going to prioritize length at the edge position. Aiden Hutchinson, under 33-inch arms, which is a threshold a lot of evaluators have, specifically an edge defender that's under 10 percentile for the position. Is he seven, 260? Yes. Is he a great athlete? Sure. But he's not meeting that threshold for Bulky, who I think from all the sources I've talked to is leaning Trayvon Walker, who has over 35-inch arms. He's one of the best athletes we've ever seen, comparable to Miles Garrett in that regard. I think that Bulky also does not have a good relationship with who? Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan head coach. I could see him throwing some salt in the wounds, not grabbing that wonder boy that is Aiden Hutchinson, and actually leaning Trayvon Walker at number one.
8: How much calmer are things around the Jacksonville Jaguars offices this year versus last? Not at all, right? I don't think they're as calm because last year was a no-brainer. Last year well, a no-brainer. I, I just they're mean going. you don't have any outside noise uh, in terms <laughs> of the uh, well. what ended up being what Travis Etienne said. If there was a year to miss, I was glad I did.
9: Yeah, I, I do think that the coaching staff right, was in more alignment with who they'd go with at number one overall. right? Sure. Urban Meyer and his staff was not saying, oh, I actually want Justin Fields or I want this different quarterback. He was saying, no, Trevor Lawrence, everyone's in agreement. What I'm hearing is Balky wants Walker, Peterson wants one of the offensive tackles, Evan Neal or Kikwano, and the scouting staff wants Hutchinson. Now you've got this split and this divide in a front office It's already dealt with a lot of divide over the last 12 months. It could not be, in my opinion, a worse situation for Jacksonville. If I were bulky, I lean into the majority opinion there and go get one of these safer picks in this class, that's Aiden Hutchinson.
8: He's Did they the do enough on the offensive line? Sorry, Dan. No, that's good okay. uh, Enough of the offensive line the last couple months to, to where maybe they can push that away uh, and, I, and get Peterson calmed down as to what he's got?
9: I don't necessarily think that they've done enough to support that offensive line, but they already made this decision to franchise tag Cam Robinson. And Cam Robinson now is going to play left tackle for this team. And if you're going to draft a tackle at one, are you going to draft Evan Neal, who's the left tackle? Are you Are going to draft Charles Cross that's the left tackle? Aki Kwan, who's played left tackle? Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Are you going to move Cam Robinson to right? That's why I think offensive tackle – doesn't make as much sense at number one overall as much as Edge does after they made that decision to franchise tag Cam Robinson. And at 33, maybe that's where they look more specifically at a right tackle that could come in, maybe Darian Kennard of Kentucky and start to look at that offensive line.
7: Austin Gale, Director of Content at Pro Football Focus, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug. One more just on Edge Rushers as a whole. Is it is it Walker, Hutchinson, Thibodeau in one tier and then you have the drop down Uh, where does Jermaine Johnson fall in all of this but the edge rushers in the top half of the draft how does it break down tier wise for you
9: yeah I actually have a four piece tier one I think it speaks to just the lack of gaps between these edge prospects at the top Aiden Hutchinson is my top player in this draft and the number one edge in this class at number two I do have Kayvon Thibodeau the Oregon defensive end, who I think is a lot to be a top-five pick. I think his floor is the New York Giants at five. And then I have Trayvon Walker. Why I'm lower on versus maybe where Bulky sees him just because there are production concerns. He didn't play a lot of edge. He has a third of the career snaps at edge that Aiden Hutchinson has. You're going to have to project a lot of what he's going to do in the NFL. And then four in that same tier is George Carlottis of Purdue. He's the number nine overall player on my draft board. I'm really confident in his athleticism, his power, his inside-outside versatility. Then the drop-off comes to Jermaine Johnson, who I'm a lot lower on than where the league sees him. Right now, he's borderline a lot to be a top-ten pick. That's how the league really does view Jermaine Johnson, I'm lower on him. Age is a bit of a concern, and production is a bit of a concern. I know he blew the doors off the senior bowl in the first two days of practice, but he only had an 11% pressure rate at Florida State this past season. Why is that? I don't think he saw as many double teams as Aiden Hutchinson did. So production, age concerns. He's also a guy that had to transfer from Georgia to see playing time at Florida State. I'm not valuing him over guys like Trayvon Walker.
8: Austin, I, I think I get fired automatically if I don't ask a quarterback question. So where, where's the bold team to either trade up or finally decide that there's value in one of the players in this year's class?
9: So I do think teams that will be looking at quarterback in this year's class, Carolina at six. I think the Saints at either of their two first-round picks and then Pittsburgh at 20. Those are the three. And then maybe Houston at 13. I don't think Houston's looking at quarterback at three overall, but they could if Malik Willis is still on the board at 13, maybe start to consider it even obviously with the investment they've made in Dave Smiths. I don't think Carolina, who has one pick in the first 130 picks, is going to put all of their chips into a quarterback at six. Scott Fitterer or Matt Rule already have hot seats enough. They Can't afford to hitch their entire wagon to a rookie quarterback in a class where it's not that good. What I think is more likely is that a team like Pittsburgh, a team like New Orleans, or even Seattle there at nine, looks to make a play at quarterback in those spots.
7: Austin Gale joining us here on Fox Sports Radio from Pro Football Focus. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. Is there a player? You know, we did talk a lot about edge and you talked about quarterbacks and I think so I think it's the perfect mesh, but is there a player for a team to try to jump up and, and grab, jump up into that top ten, jump up into that top five. We hear a lot of trading down. Maybe Carolina doesn't want to be there. But is there a player worthy of someone trading up to getting in this year's draft? I, I do think it is the quarterbacks,
9: right? If Kenny Pickett falls outside of the top ten, if Malik Willis falls outside of the top ten, say Seattle does pass on Willis, right? Then I do think Pittsburgh's on the phones. If Mike Tomlin and that Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff has not made it, you know, They have not been silent in how interested they are in this quarterback class. They like Ritter a lot. They like Malik Willis a lot. And I think if you start to see those quarterbacks fall a little bit, Pittsburgh could make a jump. I think the other players where it makes sense is corner. This quarterback class is very, very top-heavy. It's Derek Stingley and Ahmad Garner, and that's pretty much it. I think there's a significant drop-off in tier – After those first two corners, Trent McDuffie, people like, I don't see him even in that tier with Derek Stingley and Ahmad Garner. I think ultimately Garner and Stingley, if no one trades up, are going to be top six picks in this draft. I think Ahmad Garner could go as high as three to Houston. I think Derek Stingley could go as high as two to Detroit.
8: Without any uh, proprietary news information and process uh, being uh, disseminated here on Fox Sports Radio, Austin, uh, we've talked to scouts, we've talked to some front office guys. For you, as you evaluate the board and and start placing players, can you give us a little glimpse as the type of information, conversations you're having uh, to piece together your content? Yeah, I think a lot
9: of the conversations I have, just because working at PFF, you do have access to a lot of the advanced analytics. You do have access to a lot of the film, right? We get access... The coaches film for every player in the FBS and FCS. Where I lean into the conversations I have with evaluators is what are these interviews like? What is this guy's demeanor like? And how is he going to fit into their offense? And everything you hear about Kayvon Thibodeau and his effort concerns and all that stuff, the people I've talked to. Say that's largely overblown he is getting dragged by media and i think teams are purposely doing that to see if he can maybe fall to like a seven or an eight or a nine and teams can jump at the opportunity of grabbing him i think another player where you hear those kind of same like off-field stuff comes up you've seen some rumors about it is matt corral matt corral has maturity concerns you saw tweets today that he had a 15 on the wonderlick lowest of all the quarterbacks in this class those are things that are also going to come out that you're not going to have obviously here at pff
7: He's Austin Gale, director of content at Pro Football Focus. Find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. And again, make sure you get this four-episode podcast titled Hutch. It's basically a breakdown of the life of Aiden Hutchinson as he's about to embark on his NFL career. Plus, you get great input from some of the best minds in all of football. Again, you can get Hutch wherever you listen to your podcast, and also check it out on the Pro Football Focus YouTube channel. Austin, thanks so much. I know it's a super busy time, but we love your input. Thanks, man.
8: Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you. Congrats on that sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) You got like a giant truck of beer shows up at your house, man. Come on.
7: Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. He just immediately hung up on us. We got yeah, the yeah. Uh, he click. didn't want. Yeah. He didn't want any
8: part of that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I probably... know what you're talking about. No, that was great. <laughs> he, it's fantastic stuff.
7: Yeah, yeah, really. And and the you know the Trayvon Walker stuff. As he said, I am hearing more and more that Trayvon Walker will be the number one overall pick, and he laid out a lot of good reasons on why he does believe that Walker would be his number one pick. And on Austin's most recent draft, that's where it was. But it doesn't make it that he believes that he should be the number one overall pick. Because sure. Austin said, I think Aiden Hutchinson should be the guy that goes number one overall. But he thinks more of the decision-making with Balky will end up um, overruling everything else and why you know, right now he feels uh, Trayvon Walker will be a Jaguar.
8: That's always the fun part of this process, right, of trying to figure out the angst in the room. And as I asked the question about the Jaguars, Dan, it was more just the, all right, you guys are just talking about football now.
7: Right? Yeah, and no. knowing
8: that that at least there's all uh, all everybody's pushing in the same direction, even if they're stumping for a different player, uh you got rid of the noise and and outside uh angst that accompanied the start of last year, whatever you know trevor lawrence and and the giraffe class became. Right. Uh, <laughs>
7: I do think with uh, Trem there will always be
8: angst. Well, yeah, go back to San Francisco, I, yes, no question. But the other
7: dramas that came with the short lived Urban Meyer tenure, um, I think, are exactly what you are all pointing to. Again, give Mike on Twitter at Swellendome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show
9: weekdays at three PM Eastern, noon Pacific.
7: I am I am prefacing what I'm about to say, and it's not the butt thing, and it's not the with all due respect, Mike. That's not where I'm coming <laughs> from with all of this. But I just want to I, I just have an observation. Okay. And the observation with this NFL offseason so far. When we spoke with, you know, Paul Charchian about the moves of Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill and how that would affect them fantasy-wise, I think those are all conversations that, you know, we will have later on in the season. The conversation that I don't think that we're having right now that we need to have is when we look at this wide receiver movement with Adams leaving Green Bay, not wanting to play there. Green Bay reportedly willing to give him what he wanted, but he just didn't want to play there, so he's gone. Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs end up moving on after Tyreek's contract demands were probably something that the Chiefs didn't want to pay. They move quickly, and they ship him to Miami. And you now have Debo Samuel saying that he doesn't want to go back to the 49ers, and I know you think that he may stay, but I think there's a decent chance that he could be on the move depending on the package that they receive. My whole point in all of this, and I'll even put A.J. Brown in this conversation as well. Do the Titans want to pay A.J. Brown? When you're looking at the receivers, we're so focused on the names. I think we need to focus, Mike, on the teams that are letting these receivers go. And I think it's important to point out that Green Bay, top team in the NFC last year. Tennessee could be moving on from A.J. Brown, top team in the AFC. Kansas City moves on from Tyree Kill. We obviously know their success. Like, like these are Debo Samuel Niners make it to the uh, NFC Championship game. It's again, it's the value of the wide receiver, and maybe it's twofold where the draft is now playing a part of it, where you get so many young talents that you feel that you can you can replace them. But I also still think it's the same NFL that we've thought of for the last twenty years, where maybe having a more valuable tight end is important than a top tier wide receiver. I think the constant in all of this is great teams saying. Okay, we don't need our top guy. And maybe that's all you need to know when it comes to trying to evaluate wide receivers.
8: You know what? I think there's something to be said to that. And it ties to, you know, what we spoke of earlier as related to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, When we do it in the NFL, we usually put six or seven teams and put them in a bucket with uh, alone. And the rest of the NFL is chasing Right, it's organizational yep. stability, it's coaching, it's the the top down approach and how you work into a system doesn't mean you don't account for special talent, and that's exactly what San Francisco has done with Debo Samuel, right? And some of the reports are he doesn't want to do that dual role. Well, then he's he's a great receiver, and I do nothing to denigrate what he is as a threat as a wide receiver. But what changes and what makes him that much more is the 59 carries and what that does to a defensive room that has to try to figure out how to account for him while making sure Ayuk Kittle and the speedy running backs don't get free. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's all of that, and it's about coaching, right? Kansas City decided, you know what? We still have our quarterback. He's locked up. We still have the first or second best tight end in the game, right, when he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah, we could probably find some other guys to slide in. Again, it's no slight to Tyreek Hill, but it becomes a what? what's it worth to us in terms of our roster composition. And with our continuity, we think we can create another opportunity for a player to step in and have if not the same the similar value while others get fed just the same so yeah i I think there's a there's a lot to it and it is i mean just in mentioning those couple of teams right they're the ones we always put out as as some of the outliers in the league about how they handle their business
7: i think it's i it's the constant that i see in all of this and, and that's That's where it's just like, all right, what is what is the real deal? Is it is it really the wide receivers with the power or is it maybe the best NFL team saying, you know what, we'll be all right without our top wide receiver. He can go to a good team um, and we're a great team and he can go to a good team and try to figure it out. And And I tend to think that that may be actually more of what's in play here. Even if Devonte Adams is never going to, you know, play a snap with Green Bay, remember they 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 stood their line with Aaron Rodgers, but with Devonte Adams, they happily um, traded him, and and I think that that says something, and I think that it says something with the Kansas City Chiefs, and you can see how much Tyree Kill meant to that team, you know, in that final drive that they had mm-hmm. to uh, at the end of regulation against Buffalo, you know, one of the two passes went to Tyree Kill, he did his thing, but they're saying, all right, we'll just end up. Uh, uh, we'll just end up, you know, bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster, some other pieces. We hope some other guys step up, and we'll move on from there. And I think well, that the the constant of those great teams is really something we should be focusing
8: on. Well, like you mentioned with Green Bay, right? I mean, how many thought pieces have you seen or radio uh, segments about the Packers not drafting a wide receiver in the first round and complaining about it? It's like you're still getting first round. Yeah. statistics and production out of guys. Correct. So why are we complaining about That we're second and third this? rounders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why like are we the... complaining about this? So when yeah. it comes time to pay a wide receiver $30 million or whatever, and, and again, you know, believe what you will in terms of I want to be here, don't want to be here, what was offered, what wasn't, right, until everybody starts rele- releasing all their text messages and emails, uh, we, we have to take folks at face value in all these processes, that Devontae Adams is no longer there. Now Aaron Rodgers is getting paid a king's ransom, but they're pretty content with the draft picks they have this year, you know what? Big deep wide receiver class and a lot of guys still unsigned, Dan, who are going to have to realize that the market wasn't as hot for them as they thought. So opportunities to backfill that receiving room are are a plenty. So yeah, the the decision uh, being made uh, m- as very much as you lay it out, the good teams recognizing, all right, we got a good base. Let's just build.
7: He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Find Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. The latest on Ben Simmons and his Brooklyn debut. That's next year on Fox.
9: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
2: He's my- The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Hi, Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We are in for Doug Gottlieb today on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Ryan Bershinger is today's executive producer. John Ramos, our technical producer, Monty Bolanos at the news desk, and I have a quick question for John uh, before we get to the press with Monsi. Was there a Billy Ocean conversation? I know it was out of town on a trip a couple of weeks ago. There was, it's, and 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 I I thought there was the sense that I got on social media that maybe it was negative towards Billy Ocean. Was that from Jake that I can't or what? I, that I can't tell you. Okay, wow. you don't you can't yeah. you don't remember or you just don't know
8: or, or what? <laughs> Were you, you not afraid? In that day afraid as uh, offending no, I, his sensibilities.
5: <laughs> I was there. I just don't remember what the Twitter conversation was. Uh, I think it had to do with um, cliche songs. Okay. And so I played the other song from Billy Ocean called When the Going Gets Tough, the Tough yes. Get Going, which was a cliche type word. So I thought I'd come back today with a little
7: Caribbean Queen. Oh, I love Billy Ocean. Yes. Yeah, that was Billy a great
8: Oceans. video, though. I mean, because it was from uh, Romancing the Stones. So you had Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito in there. well, Kathleen Turner for you.
7: Nice. Good pull. I like some Suddenly, you know, life has new meaning. Oh, yeah. No, that's a slide over baby song. It forever was. Come on now. Oh, oh, great, great stuff. By the way, we also, yesterday, if you missed it on the show, uh, we cracked the code on what happens when John Ramos drives past a strip club on the freeway. Really? Uh, with, with Suzanne sitting shotgun. Like, does John even glance over or does he just veer straight ahead? And John says, if it's not what is it? it's not obvious, it's not like a...
5: Right, if it's a place called, like, you know, Happy Gamblers or something like that, you know, yeah. you <laughs> could get away with it. But if it's called, like, you know, Knights of Lust, you yeah. might, wa- <laughs> might want to keep the head hey, forward. Hey, where's
8: that one? Oh, <laughs> man. Or do you just eyes straight, uh, hands 10 and 2 and say, here's what I'm envisioning?
5: Dan had a good one. If you always look over and look and you say, oh, look, it's a Popeye's.
8: Yeah,
7: you, yeah. you talk about something that's <laughs> next to it. You don't say the actual, the actual. <laughs> the club. establishment, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you could get away with it by like glancing. Uh, 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 <laughs> Tommy, I didn't know there it. was a target out here in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, when asking John about it, he goes, "Oh, you mean the treasures off I-15 <laughs> in Las Vegas?"
8: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, didn't the... re- I didn't realize it was right next to it, it the press. No
7: who knew? Who knew it was on exit 17B? Y'all are terrible. <laughs>
10: terrible. But, oh, Dan, man. you're right. That is how you handle it. You yeah, are right. You got to play mean,
7: cool. You know, look at something else. Yeah. You can still get your look, but hey, no, I wasn't looking at that. We appreciate
10: the effort you
7: make. And trying yeah. to mm. not tell
10: us that you're looking at the strip club. I
7: appreciate yeah. the effort. Oh, so. mm. I didn't even I didn't even know Boom Booms was there. <laughs> I had no idea. Hey. <laughs> huh.
8: It's 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 all legal commerce mm-hmm. and uh, part mm-hmm. of the tax base here in the great city of Los okay. Angeles. Sure.
10: Okay. What, whatever um. makes you feel better. All right, fellas. A lot of talk about Ben Simmons Finally returning to the NBA, hasn't played in pretty much a year, and he's expected to play Game 4, big deal. This is what he had to say today to the media after practice.
8: If you improve the way you've been improving, do you think for Game 4 is reasonable to think that that might be in play?
0: No, I think it's reasonable to think that, but it's day-to-day. I can't tell you, you know, definitely Game 4, Game 3. If I could play right now, i would be on the court, you know. So it is what it is.
10: So clearly everybody wants him to be back for game four. He wants to be back for game four, but he says if he was ready now, he'd play now. I think there's a lot I, to uncover
7: ah, there. I'll tell you this. I think the Celtics want him to play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's good. I, I I do not see how this is a it's good over. move for Brooklyn. Right. I, I can't believe that people think it's a good move. I just I don't see it at all. I, I mean, know. You're down 0, too. You need That's a, a lot. Let's, We need this is a must-win game. Let's incorporate the guy that everybody will be focusing on no matter what all of the press uh, all of the fans let's just try to you know in a must-win game to keep our season alive let's put him in that situation it well, sounds like
8: a foolproof plan yeah yeah a guy who's <laughs> physically been unavailable and yeah we we've heard a lot about his mental health mm-hmm. yes let's put him in this and then there were a lot of ifs ands and buts uh, and caveats in yep. that statement he gave, so there, there's really not a lot of confidence that he even thinks he's even close. But he answered to the media, so there you have it.
10: There you oh. go. Yeah. Oh. Now, another NBA news: The Sacramento Kings have a handful of candidates that they are going to interview for their head coaching position. They've said that they're going to interview Mike D'Antoni One, and Mark Jackson, two. and they've also gotten permission from the Warriors to interview Mike Brown. This is Three. just to name a few. How does this affect the Lakers in any way?
7: Um it well, doesn't, I I doesn't? again I hope Mark Jackson gets the job so I don't have to hear him on TV.
10: Oh <laughs> 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 uh, ah, <okay>. rude. Right. <laughs>
7: Right. That's, that's right. all I'll say about that. How about that? That's, John, that's hey, six level stuff. hey, John Ramos, uh, James Borrego's name has not been brought up. Uh, what kind of coach would they be getting as our Charlotte Hornets insider? Wow, this is a guy <laughs> who knows defense. Oh, there it is. That's there. Uh, That's what right. you get. All all right. Right. Our insider is there. Do right, you got right. one more for us, Monty? I do. Did you guys
10: hear about this college pitcher that literally tackled, and I mean charged yeah. off the mound with a violent blow to the hitter that hit a home run off of him in the sixth and this is a weatherford college pitcher owen woodward has been suspended for four games while the other guy the batter suspended for two for two games for ejecting have you seen this video it is i
8: saw the video i thought he got a worse punishment yeah yeah goldberg spear uh he eventually got thrown off the team so he he, it's a final now he'll go into the uh performance plant and, and become a wrestler
7: Mike Harmon, Matsi Milanias, John Ramos, and Ryan Bershinger. It has been a blast. I'm Dan Byer. This has been the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.